Well, hello to Lifting Your Soul with George and Scott. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Scotty. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you. So good to be with you here again today. How was your week so far? Week is very good, mate. Uh, It's been hot up here in Brisbane. Just a little bit. The last few days. Just a little bit. Get Uh, outside, work. Um, But other than that, all good. A week ago, for those who don't know, it was 38 degrees centigrade. (laughs) Celsius, sorry, I should say. Hotter than uh, the sun. Morgan. 38 degrees and the humidity was at 80 something percent. Yeah. It was. Like you're sweating while having a shower, yeah. a cold shower. Okay. <laughs> That's, right. That's the sort of weather it yeah, is. Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. <laughs> Crazy. Well, uh, good. Uh, thank you for for joining us. And uh, thank you so much for the support and for uh, getting this podcast out there. Uh, I think we're in 22 countries now, Scott. I don't know if I've told you that. That's ridiculous. We're in 22 countries. Not. Hundreds and hundreds of listeners, if not over a thousand, maybe now regular listeners. Really? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it is. We haven't even promoted it. We haven't I haven't even, even listened to. It. <laughs> Actually, I have I, some I, of it. Yes, Last yes. week's one, I haven't listened. I haven't to. listened to it yet. I hope no. you've enjoyed uh, Romans chapter eight. Oh, Romans eight, part one and two. Uh, part one and well, that two. That was yeah. an epic, epic one. Well, today we are going to turn our attention to Romans nine. And by the way, let me just say this for those who are following us: that uh, once we're done Romans, we're going to. We're seriously considering doing end times. We are. Revelation and Ezekiel and Daniel and Thessalonians and all the other Ooh. scriptures and you know, and uh, and including Matthew twenty four and twenty five. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get some correction to that for some people. Um, so we're gonna do that. And then we we're looking at possibly having a special guest during those times. Yes. The person who actually Led us to the Lord, if I could use that terminology. Led you to the Lord, discipled yes. me yes. in Melbourne. Yes. yes, correct, right? And so, um, so he, he, his name's Daniel. We, we, we're looking at having him on the podcast, and then actually having a a uh, common possible appearance for things like um, apologetics, apologetics yes. topics. Yes. He's a genius at this with this, right? He loves it. He loves it. So uh, he's in Melbourne, so we might we might do a phone call in with him uh, and get that going. But today we're turning our attention, like I said, to Romans 9. Romans 9 is going to be a bloodbath, if I could call it that. <laughs> okay, let's just uh, put the framework That's in there. Right. The Romans it. 9 is going to bring some people to the forefront. Yeah. Who may not agree with certain things? So let's. Uh, Do we put the caveat in there? We don't mean to offend anyone. We don't mean to offend anyone. But you and, will be offended. But mm, hallelujah! <laughs> Come on, people, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. <laughs> we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Yeah. As we read your Word, and uh, let's get straight into it. Are Scott, you, are you going to read, or am I, I, do you want me to read? How about you read this week? I read last week. Okay. Yeah, you did. You did. How far are we going in, mate? Well, let's just go, bro. I usually. <laughs> Let's just I go. usually read two verses or a verse and then you stop. Oh, me. yeah, well, I stop you when, <laughs> when I feel like something's going on here. I All right. Start explaining things, right? Yeah, awesome. Now, it, to give uh, people a bit, little bit of a background to follow on from Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 9, it seems as though Paul is changing his, um, his subject a little bit. Um, so we've obviously gone from Romans chapter 1 right through to Romans chapter 8, which is incredible. Um, but then Romans chapter 9, in, in particular, 9, 10, and 11, really um, kind of diverts and uh, really answers the question, um, if, all, if salvation has come to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. then what becomes of the Jews? What's, what's the plan of God for the Jew? Mm-hmm. And, um, because so, the Jew by this stage has rejected Jesus. Yeah, by this stage has rejected Jesus. So it's, it's going to be Would a Would you say nailing to a cross is rejecting? 
Yeah, well, they never accepted him as a messiah. Yeah, I was being absolutely. facetious. My yeah. apologies. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's very true. Yes. But anyway, right. so just to give you a bit of background and here we Perfect. go. Verse 1. Verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Paul speaking. Paul speaking, yep. That I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. That's a, that's, that's a pretty big statement, right? It's huge. It's a huge. And, and for what reason? Here we go. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. Okay. So verse 3 starts off with him saying, for I wish I that I myself were accursed from Christ, uh, cut off from Christ. It's a huge statement. So he's just spent eight chapters telling us how amazing it is that yeah. we're filthy, dirty rags, and look what Jesus has done for us. Yes. And then <laughs> three verses into chapter nine, he says, I would be cut off if it meant that all of Israel would come to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It, what it, sort of a heart do you have for people, man? I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's incredible, actually. Like to, to think. Could I actually say that of myself? Oh, my goodness, I agree I don't know if I could do that. That's the thing, Scott. I I thought the exact same thing reading into this again and again. Mm. Would I say that even about my family that don't know the Lord? It's pretty full on, isn't it? That's full on. Yeah, and and maybe there's something in there where we need to be even more perfected in the love of God for people. That's the thing. Now, I don't know if he's being, um, what's the word, where he's, it's it's not it's not allegorical, but he's being um, he's exaggerating his yeah, love trying for to make us. A point he's trying to make a point. Yeah, very yeah. possible. Yeah, but I don't even know if I would make a point like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll find out later on. Right. He starts again the same kind of idea. Wow! In chapter ten, verse one. Yes, yes. So yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, I think it's it's amazing. One of the things that I love about this, I mean, we go back, we'll go back in a second, but I love it was just one of those things, and I know that. Uh, Daniel would love this as well. And it says this. Hey, hey Daniel, who, we know you're listening. We know you're listening, brother. Champion. Of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, this is verse 5, Christ came, who, by the way, is overall the eternally blessed God. Right there, we can see the Apostle Paul's uh, idea on who Christ is. Yeah. He's God. He's God. He's God. So, so when th- someone says to you, does it ever say that Jesus is God? Yeah, there's one example. Yeah, right there. Right. So, which is amazing, by the way, as it's going through verse 4, before we went to verse 5 that you just spoke about, look at how it describes, look how he describes the Israelites. Mm. He says, to whom pertain the adoption, as in the adoption to God's family, mm-hmm. the glory of God, mm-hmm. the covenants that God's made with them, mm-hmm. the giving of the law, mm-hmm. the service of God, and the promises. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he describes the Israelites, that this is the privilege that they have. This is the nation of Israel. This is the nation of Israel. And what God has done and done in them and through them. Yes. Um, We're not talking about the political nation of Israel. We're talking about the people of Israel. The people of Israel, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, because I know I know, this is where Christians sort of get attacked heaps. Oh, you're praying for Israel. Well, we're instructed to pray for Israel. Absolutely. Pray for um, the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Israel. We're meant to be doing that. Now, do I agree with the political parties of Israel and what they do? No, not necessarily. Mm, mm. Um, so we need to ensure that in this hot debated topic right now in 2024. Yeah, very relevant for it's today. It's very relevant that we're looking at them going, you guys, they're causing genocide in in in, in Gaza. Mm. Well, this is war. 
people. Mm, mm. And unfortunately... And get facts straight too. It gets facts straight. Right? <laughs> Let's get the facts straight, right? That'll be fir- first uh, Yeah, first part on the agenda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, before you make statements. So for Christians, you are just... Even though you may not agree with their political lines, uh, you are still to pray for them. Yeah. You're instructed to do that by the Lord. And, 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 and Paul is saying here, this is why. Yeah. They're adopted as the family of God. They carry the glory of God. The covenants are for them. The, the law was given to them. They're in for the service and they hold the promises of God. Yeah, yeah. In other words, we have the scripture here today mm. because of them and yes. what God has done through them. Precisely. And, um, and I think, you know, we're talking about obviously Israel at the moment, but this is um, a really um, pertinent point for this, uh, what we're about to discuss tonight, because this is the subject yeah, good yeah. point. Israel. This is this is, is the, the subject, subject that we're we're talking about at the moment, and um, God's already told the Gentiles through Romans one through to eight mm-hmm. that we have received salvation. So then, yes. obviously, Paul's going, "Hey, listen, I would wish that I could be accursed so that my own countrymen could come to know Christ." Yes. yes. But here's the point, and we're going to get to it. Yeah. That God's got a plan. Yes. God's exactly. the Gentile. Yes. So if you go through now um, from verse from verse Part of six, me. Scott, and uh, from there. Yeah. But it's not that the word of God has taken no effect. For has it no effect with them, right? No effect with them. Yes. Exactly. Um, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Okay. What does that mean? Let's keep going. Excellent. All right. Nor are they all children because they are the seed mm-hmm. of Abraham, mm-hmm. but, inverted commas, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Okay. So what, is, what does that mean? So basically... The next verse says it? The next that verse is, pretty much does yep, say it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. Excellent. Very, very so, interesting. So he's saying here, just because you're an Israelite yep. doesn't mean you're of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. Right. Or if I put it another way, for they are not all Israel, the children of God, who are of Israel. Just yeah. because you're born in Israel and are Jewish doesn't mean you're a person of God. Yeah. A son or a daughter. So a son or daughter. Obviously within, within the Jewish culture, there's the idea that because I'm an Israelite, then I'm already part of the family of God. Yes, Paul saying here that's not necessarily that's, true, right? That's not necessarily the case. There's 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 a reason, and he he's going to give us the reason why. Well, he says in verse eight that is those who are children of the flesh, they're not the children of God, yep. even for the Israelites. Yeah, even for the Israelites. Yes. Correct. Okay, great. So go to verse ten. Um, we just have we've got to finish verse nine. Oh yes. Uh, for this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. That was the promise he gave for. To Abraham, that mm-hmm. you're in one year's time, you're going to have a child. Yeah. Yep. So what he's referring to now is is the promise that has come from God, mm-hmm. right? Um, that he he shall have a son. Verse ten says this, and not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac. Verse eleven: For the children not yet being born, or having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of Him who calls. Mm-hmm. That's there's a fair bit in that. <laughs> there is. So here we're 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 looking at this whole idea that Paul is now making that 
those who are the children of God mm. are the ones that are part of the promise of God. Yes. Yeah. So we we know that Abraham yeah. had other children. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So who was the other the other child? Well, we know Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ishmael and I think Keturah had um, other other sons. That mm-hmm. was his concubine. Yeah. So what he's um, basically saying is, even then, even though the Isaac um, was was his son mm-hmm. and maybe fifth in line, probably the last in line, obviously. Right. Um, that it was because of God's promise that he was the one regarded as the seed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, and not only that, then he goes to another story, which is obviously um, Rebecca now. Rebecca and Jacob. Is it Rebecca and Jacob? And the Re- Isaac. Uh, Rebecca and Isaac. So Isaac's sorry. wife. Yeah. Isaac's wife. Yeah. And so Isaac again being the the the, the son of the prom- the the promise, the seed of God gave Abraham. The promise. Promise. The Isaac promise was, was born. born. Yep. Isaac then marries Rebecca. Rebecca. And it says that even by him, yep. there are children. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And God is then telling them which one, right? Yes. Is going to be part of the seed. Yes. He says that to them. He says that to them. It's in verse 12. Verse 12. Yeah. Let's, so we'll read that and then we can refer back to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Interesting, interesting words. I think one of the things that people get wrong with this is that we, and people get hung up on Romans chapter 9 and think that it's a, it's a, it's a Calvinistic doctrine. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of touching on it a little bit last week when mm-hmm. we were talking about election. Um, and I didn't want to go there because I knew that, um, we're kind of going to address that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue that we have here is Paul is helping us understand that God's got a plan and a purpose, and regardless of what man is is you know going to do, God's purpose is going to stand. Right. So he obviously has those two uh, examples of um, you know Sarah. Sarah's womb is as good as dead. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so God basically said, no, 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 you're going to have a son mm-hmm. because I'm going to do something. Yeah, here. gotcha. I'm yep. going to give you seed beyond number. Yes. So God is the one instigating this and God is the one um, bringing it to pass. Yes. So not only does he say it, he's going to do it. The same with uh, Jacob and Esau. And I think it's really important to point to point out that this is, this is the point that Paul is trying to make that God's got yeah. an agenda. Yes, yes, gotcha. And he's going to get that done. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Now we can refer to you know um, when it comes to Jacob and Esau. Did you know? Did he you know um, make the decision based on what Jacob was going to do as opposed to what Esau was going to do? Um, and we could go into you know the ins and outs forever. The point is that's not the point that he's making here. Yeah. Right. The point is is that he's God's got an agenda. And this is the way he's going to do it. Yeah. Regardless of, and it, and he says that it says, um, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but who of Him who calls. Mm. Yeah. Verse twelve says, it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. So, it's really important that we establish here that God is the one. Instigating 
his purposes and fulfilling his purposes. Yes, yes. Yeah, agreed. And I say that because so many people get hung up on this. Oh, you know, it's, I don't believe in the doctrine of, which is a Calvinistic doctrine, <clears throat> the doctrine of... Um, predestination. Yeah, predestination. Or, or it's, it's Yeah, it's unconditional yeah. election. Yeah. Um, the truth is, in this... In this instance. In this instance, it yeah. is unconditional yeah, election. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. 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 And so... As long as we can understand that, then we can understand the the purpose for why Paul uh, is writing this. Yes. He, he's saying literally, as you just said, I'll reiterate, I have a plan to do here and there's a lineage I'm going down. Yeah. It's Jacob, then Isaac. Uh, sorry, it's Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. Yep. And then his 12, 12 sons, sons, blah, blah, blah. And right? on, on we go, yeah. Got it. Okay. That's right. And, th- and that's what he was referring to, like you mentioned earlier, yep. is that it's theirs are the adoption. Theirs are the, you yes. know. Why? Because God chose to. God chose to do that. He just decided Not because to talk. they're awesome, not no. because of anything they else did everything except right. God is good. Yeah, that's yeah? it. And he, he picked one guy, Abraham, mm-hmm. and he said to him, you're going to do this. Yeah. And because he believed, boom. Yeah. You're now righteous because you believed. And, and I think it's really important to note too that, and we've we've talked about this in the past, and that is is that God cut covenant with Abraham, mm-hmm. but he was the only party that did it. So regardless so of what Abraham... Who was the only party? God. So okay. remember, he cut he cut covenant, right? And, and then the um, the pot passed through the, yes. the, the thing. So yes. he was making a covenant with, with uh, Abraham mm. that this is what he's going to do regardless of... Of Abraham's. Yes. Well, that, that's the that's the thing about a covenant. A covenant is generally between a stronger party and a weaker party. Yeah. Whereas contracts. This are is bet- what we've talked about. Yeah. yeah. A contract is between two uh, semi-equal or equal parties yep. who then look for a win-win situation. Yeah. A covenant, the stronger party says, "This is what I offer you," and the weaker can just say yes or no. Exactly. Right. And so when they say yes, that's it. You don't do anything. The the stronger party enacts what he said he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, the Lord did that with Abraham. Uh, called out to Abraham, said, "You're going to be a fa- look up at the stars. You're going to be a father made nation." And Abraham goes, "Some something is talking to me. Yeah. I, I, I perceive it to be the Lord." Yeah, the Lord. And yeah. he believes that. Yes. And then in in Hebrews it says, "And that was accounted to him unto righteousness." Yeah. Well, after Isaac, that he what that he believed. Yeah, he believed. Yeah, yeah. In, so we're yeah. talking about two different things. I want to refer to that though. What you what you just mentioned. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so so in this instance, we're talking. How does someone? How does someone? Why did God choose the Israelites? It wasn't like they're the only tribe on the, on the, on on the planet at the yeah, time. Exactly, but one person mm. believed the Lord, mm. and that's it. Yeah, it was now imputed to him as righteousness. Yeah, and then he that used was after his Isaac. He was Being, about to, you know, obviously um, sacrifice Isaac. Yeah, your your son, your one and only son, yes, take yes. him and then sacrifice him. And just as he was about to do it, he stopped him. He, God stopped him, or the angel of the no, Lord. Hang on, hang on. I'm talking about. I'm talking about way back in the desert. Yeah, so you're talking about cut covenant, cutting covenant, cutting covenant. Yeah. So, but wasn't that the wasn't seed he was there promised? For, yes, but what wasn't he wasn't it imputed as righteousness to him in I, that moment? I thought it was after Isaac. I thought it was then. I thought in Hebrews. Oh, okay. We need to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I thought it was. I thought it was then. We we can pause for a moment, and have a look. Just bear with us a second. Okay, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back. back. We had we're a back. bit of a that that break was about a twenty minute break. Uh, yeah. We scurried through the we scurried scriptures. through the scriptures. We yeah. looked through Romans. We looked through Hebrews. We looked through Genesis, and we landed back at Genesis fifteen, where verse it says six. in there, verse six, Genesis fifteen six, where it says that uh, 
uh, as God was talking to Abraham, Abraham said to him, well, what, what are you going to do for me, Lord? I'm, I'm without an heir. I, you've not given me a son, and it's going to be some, some servant's kid's son from Damascus who's going to take everything. Yeah. And God says, no, no, I'm going to give you a son from your own body. Now look up into the stars and see the inheritor, see all the stars if you can number them. Your descendants will number greater than the stars in the sky. Then it says, and he believed him. So Abraham believed God what he said, and God imputed that as a righteousness yep, to him. So it was yeah. we were both right. It yeah. was when he promised him for the son, he just happened to promise him about the son, and he believed his word about the nation <laughs> That's right. in one sentence. Yeah. So That's interesting. God for the win. Good search. Good search. <laughs> that was great. This is what we do. That's what we do. Yep. All right, so now we were going through... Um, we were going up to... Uh, now we're up to verse, verse 14, 14. Yeah, right? That's so right. carry on from there. Now, interesting, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, mm. and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Mm. So then it was not with him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. And I think um, like I've got sort of like uh, I've got 11 underlined because I think that, like we mentioned before, that that's the very point that, the Apostle Paul is is driving towards, and that is that it wasn't about um, the persons doing anything good or evil or whatever. It wasn't according to their own will, but it was according to God's plan. And here again, we read the same thing, because obviously, when when we look at verse thirteen and it says, "As it is written, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated," most of us go, "Well, that's not fair." Yeah, yeah. Is God unjust in doing this sort of thing? Is, is this the way God is? Mm. And and so he goes into it's it's great. It's like we've mentioned before that that's part of how Paul sets up his kind of a, his arguments. He'll ask that particular question, and it's yes. a very good question because is, all of us are going. So is God unrighteous? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, and you God, know? So therefore, is God is God unrighteous in doing that? Yeah. No. Yeah, and that's why he. And then he goes into this other one that says, "For he says to Moses, I'll have mercy on whomever I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whomever I will have compassion.'" Mm. And then he says yes. in verse sixteen, "So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy." Again, he's driving that point home. I give mercy because I give mercy because I feel like it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I give it to them for my reasons, not for what they've done. Yeah, and and one of the things that I <clears> wanted to point back to is. Um, is people then go, well, that's not very fair. And then I would point them back, George, to Romans chapter 3 that we went through. Mm. Wait a second. You don't want it to be fair. Don't you realise that there is none righteous? None, mm. not so one. fairness is you end up so in all of us the pit of hell. Are already condemned. All of us, yeah. So if God decides to have mercy on someone, how can that be unjust? Yeah. Because he's just basically going, you know what? You're all condemned. I yeah. don't have to save any of you. Yes, but I'm going to. Yes. I'm going to have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Yes. Now, we're talking in the context of Israel. Yes. And how the plan of God is going to unfold. Through but Israel. Through yes. Israel. Yes. We're not necessarily at this stage talking about salvation everyone. and everyone. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about the plan because look at the next verse, which is very telling. Mm-hmm. Verse 17. Read that one. For the scripture says to, to Pharaoh... Uh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that Ooh. I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the all the earth. And go on. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills, 
and whom he wills, he hardens. So so let's just stop there for a second. And the story of the Pharaoh yep. is when Moses was sent in yep. and told, go to the Pharaoh and tell him to release my people. Yep. We know that the Lord hardens the heart of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Clearly says that. Yep. So Pharaoh didn't harden his heart. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah, I'll explain that in a minute. I'll explain that, right? I'll yes. explain that. And, and so, it'll be very clear for people. And so to he's, understand. he ra- yes, please do in a moment. Yeah, he raised up Pharaoh to the point of where he is. Moses went in and asked ten times, and he said no ten times. Um, plagues came ten times, and eventually he said, "Okay, take them." After the the spirit of death came through and took out the firstborns of Egypt, mm-hmm. he said, "Right, get rid of them now. Yep. Go get rid of all the slaves." So millions of Israelites take all this stuff, take all the spores, gold and silver, and leave. Mm-hmm. And then they're cornered right up against the Red Sea, um, right at the end there. Uh, and now they all feel like they're going to die. They're elated for a few hours while they've left or a few days, a couple of days. And now they're stuck and they, they were going to die, we're going to die. God does another miracle. They He parts the Red Sea, they walk through it. Then <laughs> the Egyptians all go in there, the whole army. Still following them. Still following them. Still think that they can win after still, all the plagues, all the bits and pieces that God they're has watching, done. They're literally going through a massive miracle. The army's walking through the miracle called the parting of the Red Sea and they're going through it with their chariots in the midst of the miracle thinking, you don't think a commander would have said, hey, you know what? Mm. <laughs> you see the two walls the of water around us? are against us. Maybe we don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you just see what happened? Yeah. In, they in, went in uh, there Egypt? and he and he smited the whole army and he, be, he went from the greatest nation, this most powerful nation on the earth, to nothing. To nothing. Mate. Immediately, right? Yep. Uh, side note, I don't think the Egyptians built the pyramids, but we'll leave that to later. <laughs> Okay. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, many people believe that now too. Um, uh, I'm sure you're right, driving in your car now or wherever you're listening going. And you're like, oh, and by the way, by the way, not one, not one king's um, esophagus was found in any of the pyramids. They're always right, found in death chambers. Now, okay, I get off track. So, <laughs> so he did that in order to – why did God do that? So he can declare his power – and make his name known across the whole earth because the whole earth knew who Egypt was. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Egypt is being wiped out by who? The God of the Israelites, the, the God Hebrews? Of Israel, yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to us about the heart scenario, yeah. about Pharaoh's heart being changed. Now, I, I, I love it how verse 20, again, he's, he's, he's appealing to our own nature that mm-hmm. goes, well, that's not fair. Yeah. And he, and he and then, smashes this. <laughs> as a verse pop, 20, yeah. but indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have the power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honour and another for dishonour? (laughs) Now, I love this in verse 22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and make his power known, endured with much much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? He endured them. He, He endured it. In other words, he put up with them. He didn't. Right. Yeah, he let sin. He let sin have its. He let it course, go. Yeah, that's right. And didn't didn't smite. Didn't do anything. Just left it. Yeah, yep. yeah. And um, and I'll keep reading, and then yes. I'm going to refer back to it. So, yeah. and and then he, that he might make uh, known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. So I just want to point this out, right? The vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory. On the vessels of mercy, mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory. 
All right, and even us hearing me call, but I'll, I'll go back and refer to something here. That word prepared. So it says that God prepared the vessels of wrath for destruction, mm. and it also says that God prepared the vessels of mercy mm. for their glory. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Meaning us, meaning, you know, those who get saved through Christ. Mm. Now, is it God who's preparing them or is it someone else who's preparing them? So just to let you know, when it says here in verse 22, what if God wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? It, um, that word there is actually the same word as the other prepared, except in the Greek it's a mid-passive. Okay. Right. So in other words, what that is saying is that these objects are actually preparing themselves. So in other words... It's like Romans chapter 1. It's like God is saying, I'm going to give you over to your own desires mm -hmm. and they're naturally choosing the wrong way right? because they're already um, sinful. There's wickedness just, in them already. Yeah, yeah, so they're already outworking that, yes. right? Yes. So when it says that God's preparing them, it's a mid-passive. Got right? you, got you. But here in the other part where it says, the glory. Uh, the, the glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared Prepare. beforehand for glory. Yeah. That word is the active. It's actually God being he intervenes. active. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Which is very interesting. So very we could read that is that they're preparing themselves for destruction. So those going to destruction are preparing themselves. Doing it themselves yes. Preparing themselves. Yep. But those who are going to glory. God's doing it. God's doing it. Gotcha. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Now that brings a whole... Um, a whole understanding on when, you know, when it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. He did, but that doesn't mean he's actually uh, involved. Manipulating his heart. Exactly. He just let him be him. He just let Pharaoh be Pharaoh. over. He gave himself, he gave him over to Pharaoh's own Well, I suppose, I suppose he says here in the first, in the first moment, he says that, for the scripture says to him, for this very purpose, I have raised you up. Yeah. So I allowed you to go through the ranks of Egypt to become the Pharaoh because I know your heart yep. and I know what's going to happen yep. once Moses gets there. Yep. You're just going to be you. Powerful, man. That's literally it, right? It's powerful. Yeah, yep. that is powerful. Yeah. So on one hand, you've got God being active. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, he's just letting it go. Yes. So there's a lot in that. So can we, if we were to jump to salvation in, in the New World, New Testament, yep. could you then equate or are you saying that that formula is similar to what happens here? I think I think yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, and just to be very candid with everyone that's mm -hmm. listening, if you were to ask if I'm a Calvinist, yep. I would say I'm four-fifths Calvinist yes. yeah. because I do believe that... I'm probably 3.9-fifths yeah. Calvinist. <laughs> Uh, I remember a brother, one of the brothers made a comment right when we were in Romans chapter 3 that he would want, almost be a Calvinist yes. after Romans chapter 3. Yes. Whoever you are, bless you. Um, and, and look, I'll explain that because I do believe the scripture is very clear that God has his own way of making his own decisions. Yes. Even in election. Yes. And that's why I didn't quite want to refer to that last week because... Mm -hmm. It, it obviously opens up a can of worms for everybody. Um, you know, does God choose me um, from before time right. because he saw through time that I was going to choose him? Right. Or did he just have mercy on me? Yeah. Because he decided to have mercy on me. Yeah. I would be more inclined to say yes 
I think God had mercy on me. Right. Right? Yeah. So, yes, I do believe in unconditional uh, election. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in total depravity. Romans chapter 3, I think, is very clear with that. Yeah. Now, um, just to coin the tulip phrase, you've got total depravity being T, Mm -hmm. you being the unconditional election. The L is limited atonement. I'll Mm -hmm. explain that in a minute. Um, The I is uh, irresistible grace. Mm -hmm. And the P is the perseverance of the saints. All of those, I believe, except... Unconditional election and the, uh, sorry, not unconditional election, limited atonement. Right. And the reason why I don't hold to that is because that is a logical conclusion based on the idea that God Himself is just deciding people when they get saved. Right. right. So you go, okay, well, if He's deciding people to get saved, right, a lot of Calvinists will then turn around and say, well, then he's deciding people not to be saved. Right. In other words, he's deciding that they go to hell. That's the limited atonement. That's part of it. I'll yes. explain that a little bit more in a minute. But the problem with that is that the Scripture doesn't teach that. No, it doesn't. The Scripture teaches that all of us are sinners mm. and don't deserve any kind of mercy. Yes. Right? It also teaches that God himself is sovereign and he's choosing. You can refer to John uh, six forty four. Okay. Um, should we go there? Well, I mean, it also says, you know, let's go there. It also yep. says that God God wills that all be saved. Yeah, so no, that's the other part. Yes. We'll get to that in a That's minute. the other part of it. Yeah, so that's And the not, whomsoever part yeah, that you talk about. Yeah, yes. so the yes. limited atonement idea mm. is this idea that, well, if God is unconditionally electing people, right? To be saved. Therefore. Yeah. Yeah, to be saved. Therefore, by, by the power of subtraction. Deduction. He must, deduction, deduction, sorry. Yep. He must therefore be limiting his atonement to other people. To only those. To only those people. That he's sorry. chosen. Got you. Yeah, Got so you. that's the idea of limited atonement. Yeah. The yeah. problem is with that mm. is that that's not what the Scripture teaches. No, it doesn't. The it's a logical conclusion. I get that. But the the problem is is that we have they're, a conundrum. Actually, yeah, the conundrum is they're trying to make God into two-dimensional. Well, no, the, the conundrum, you're right, but the conundrum is is that, one, the Scripture teaches unconditional election. I, I honestly believe that. But right. the, the issue is is that it also teaches, like you said before, mm-hmm. whomsoever will. Whom, whomsoever believes in him shall be saved. Yeah, so, so it, it definitely gives so many different verses there where, you know, um, God is, is... some form of choice. Choice on right. people, yes. I, but I think you and I in our discussions over the years have come to the point where we think it's both. I think it is both. We think there is election. It's obviously both because yes. both we, of them are in Scripture. Yes, and, and therefore I don't think it's one or the other. I think that's what you and I have talked about is that it's not one or the other, it's both, and we don't know how to reconcile those two. Yeah, uh, we, absolutely. We don't know how to, in, in our human limited mind, yep. we don't know how to say, hang on, how can God elect everyone, anyone, and then how can God let people choose? How can that happen at the same time? Yeah. Well, he's God. How is the how is he three persons in one? Yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. Right. So, do we think that that could be the case? Yeah, that's the point. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go back to uh, you can probably pull it up a bit quicker than me. I'll, What's that, man? Romans six. Uh, sorry, uh, John six forty four. Mm-hmm. And this is just to kind of reiterate for people. And if you read John six, there's really no recourse. I don't think personally. On All right. This. So John six forty four. You want me to read that? Yeah, I'm here now. Anyway, okay. All right, I'll go. I'll go back a little bit before that. Um, this is verse, verse thirty-seven. Oh, okay. Yep. Verse thirty-seven says this, and Jesus is speaking here. 
all that the Father gives me will come to me, mm-hmm. and the one who comes to me I will but no by no means cast out. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you've got him saying that. Verse 39, he says this, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. That's mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> but... This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me. That's not necessarily talking about people. It is. Not necessarily. Yeah, in this context it is. Let's go down again. Yeah, verse 44, which is what I referred to before. Mm -hmm. No one can come to me unless the Father who sends me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Okay, that that I see. Yes, I see that. So there's plenty of scriptures that you can basically go through and and find, Mm -hmm. if you like, Mm -hmm. that it seems to be very clear that God's got an agenda here, right? And we need him in order, so we need his pre-working yes. uh, in order for us to be saved. So it seems yes. to be that. Yeah. At the same time, there's an invitation to all. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's the issue. And, and I understand that the, all the arguments either side of that. Yes. I think, I think that that's, um, that's always going to be a point for people. And I think the reason why... Um, that people have such a hard time mm. with the Calvinistic idea, and 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 that is because it seems to be against his nature to be. Yes. What do I have you. a choice in this or do I not? Yeah, I'm going to pick you to come live with me, and you you can go to hell. Yeah, but see, he's not picking them to go to hell like we we, we read about Pharaoh. He's okay, only well, just I'll leading them to way. their own devices. I'll say it another way. I know all of you are going to hell, but I'm gonna, all hundred of you are going to hell. Let's say hundred is the whole of humanity. I'm going to pick you 27. You're going to come with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, why aren't you picking the other 83? Yeah. Uh, uh, 77, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 73. Oh, no, I can't even count. Let's pick up the, <laughs> yeah, the 73. <laughs> the rest. Yeah. I should have used 20 and 80. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, and then, yeah. you know, you get scriptures like, you know, um, God is willing that none would perish. Yes. Well, that's fine. In God's power, we all know yeah. that if he wanted to save everyone, he could. Yeah, his will, his why will does is he not? for that. Is it because of our choice? Yeah. I think yes, but at the same time, we do also see that somehow, some way, God's got His plan going on, and He's, he's just, got His plan. You think about and how the Apostle Paul got saved. Yes, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, I mean, fully against the church, yes. fully against you know, kill, he was killing the church. Jesus, boom. Jesus, boom, done. So, like, okay, so I, I can then, if I was to use theoretical examples, mm-hmm. let, let, let's go into come on a journey with me for a moment. Yep. Looking at the two sides of the argument, but also I think it's the two sides of the same coin that both can be true, that God can elect and God can allow choice, right? We don't know how that works because we don't understand God's Agreed. full totality. Agreed. Um, which then then starts the other choice. And this is non-biblical at all, what I'm saying. This is just me thinking the logic of each of those. Yep. Can therefore God put into remote areas that will never hear about Jesus, those who he knew would never choose him, and put in those those in the way that would hear Jesus more readily, put them, put the, the, sorry, those who do choose him into the, into the societies that do hear about Jesus readily. Uh, that, that's a very far-fetched idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people... Um, like, you know, oh, what, what does he do about the pygmies? Yeah, over exactly. That, those that who never right? hear the gospel never or whatever, gospel, what happens know? to them. And in my mind, I would be more inclined to, well, hang on, they worship the God of creation. Romans one twenty talks about I show my power. You can see that I'm I'm visible mm. by looking at creation. Mm. My attributes are all there. My invisible attributes. Mm. So does a 
pygmy race in the middle of Africa who's never heard about Jesus worshipping the sun and the moon and the creators of those in whatever name they give them, is that salvation worthy? No. Because they didn't say Jesus? Because they don't know him. There's okay. only salvation in Christ alone. So, okay, so so Abraham, who doesn't know who the Lord is, but believes him unto himself unto righteousness with what God says to him, that won't attribute to them because now we're in the time of Jesus after the cross. Yeah. I'm not with you. Well, okay. So, why would those why would those pygmies in the middle of Africa not be counted as righteousness? That they're, they're worshiping the maker of the sun and the maker of the moon and the stars. Why wouldn't they be counted to them as righteousness? Because no one has been over there to talk to them about Jesus. Yeah, but see, this is. I think I believe this is the whole point mm-hmm. of understanding God's sovereign election. Yes. Because here's the point. He doesn't have to save anyone. I get that. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, but- and obviously what I'm doing is playing the advocate to a little bit, and I don't agree with it fully, but the the side of the, well, where is the godly fantasy or it's out of God's character who who says whomever, whomever whomsoever believes will be saved. Yeah, whomsoever will may come. Yes, and right. whomsoever will may come. Yeah. And also... Uh, God's desires that all be saved, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at the attributes and the character of God through those sentences, how can He allow someone who's in the middle of Africa who never hears about the Lord and 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 salvation through Jesus allow them to perish and and be in eternity without Him? Because that's where they were heading anyway. Yeah. Uh, when in fact they're worshiping, like, is it? I'm not saying this is the case. I'm saying, yes. is it possible? in our limited understanding of God's salvation and methodology, that for those who have got who have been enlightened by Scripture are now, there's no excuse for you. You've heard about Jesus. Yes. For those not enlightened by Scripture because it's never reached them and they've, and they've passed away, God has every right, as you and I have just been discussing, for him to say, you never, you never chose me. Oh, I don't know about you. Bad luck. Yeah, it, it <laughs> seems very harsh. But at the same time, what we forget, and, and he actually answers it in the next uh, couple of chapters, and that is why on earth send us to go and preach the gospel? For these reasons. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah? I get it. So so we don't know. So really we don't know. So let's say we, we, we've been sent. It's the most sent generation in all of history, okay, these last two generations. Right. We don't know what's going to happen to that tribe of people who it wasn't until 1975 before someone got to there, a minister got to there and talked to him about Jesus. But for the last 400 years that they've been in existence, or last thousand years, no one's talked about Jesus and countless thousands of people have been born and died. Yes. So we don't really know. All we know is we can trust that the Lord's righteousness will reign yep. over their lives yep. and whatever he decides is the just decision. It will is the just, the decision. just way. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And I think they're the things we don't know exactly. I can't answer that. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And I think, like getting back to our passage now, mm-hmm. we've got to we've got to remember that God is is doing something here with Israel sovereignly. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly, I get it. Yes, and and, and the we, beauty we've about gone off that topic is a little bit and gone to salvation. That's correct. what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just to try to marry this. Yeah. This um, concept. But I think this concept is is going to start to be kind of answered here. As we go, uh, as, as I referred to Romans chapter three and and, and what and have you, yes. Yeah, so if we keep on going, it'll kind of answer that. So we're sort of at twenty five now, right? Twenty four. 
Even those us who were called, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even us, even us. obviously those pre- uh, prepared him uh, beforehand for glory. Uh, verse 24 says this, even us whom he called not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So all the non-Jews, yes. Yeah. So as, uh, as he also says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people mm. and her beloved who are not my beloved. Mm. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them that you're not my people, there they shall be called the sons of the living God. <laughs> Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. Mm. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And I love this. This is the, the what I was talking about with Romans chapter 3. And Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us seed, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. Mm. Yeah. Well, so that answers the question. Unless God saved them, yes, right, and left a remnant, they would have been gone. They would have been gone just like everybody else. Yes, but God decided to have mercy on them. On the on the on the Israelite Israelite people, people the Hebrew yeah. people. Yeah, yes. this is what it's talking the about. Yeah? Yes, and that's, that's what Isaiah said. That's a really good couple of verses, actually. Yeah. Really good. And so, it, what it does is it nails home God's purpose, what He's doing, and. Who are we to talk back to God? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yes. Uh, that's, and I, that's perfect, actually. It's perfect, that's perfect, yeah. All right. So then what's, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles who did not pursue the righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, <laughs> pursuing the law of righteousness, the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Mm. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. <laughs> but as it were, by the works of the law, they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There we go. And there's so there's the hope. whoever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But it's but he's saying that, I love that verse 30. The Gentiles, those who were non-Jewish, yep. who did not pursue righteousness because they didn't have the law, they didn't have that faith of of the Old Testament. All the background, yeah. All the background have attained to righteousness, they got to righteousness, even righteousness of faith. Through who? Through Jesus. Yeah. Uh, then it says, but Israel, who were told the, this is how you become righteous through the law, uh, have not attained righteousness, the law of righteousness. They didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So we're showing them the law is to show you you can't get it. You yeah, can't get it on your own. It was like what we, we mentioned earlier on mm. is that um, when we're talking about Abraham, yes, is that he, he makes the point is that even way back then, mm. the only reason that he was made righteous is because he believed God. Yes. Yeah. Even and that's back then. the gospel. You either yes. believe the gospel yes. or you don't. It's like G. It's like the Lord started the journey with faith, with belief. Absolutely. That Abraham it's always Abraham just trusted God what he said and said, "Okay, I believe you." Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And now we're a full circle all the way around, and we go. Jesus says, uh, "Believe that I came." that I carried your sin, that I died on the cross, that I rose again, and now I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. Confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And you're like, okay, yeah, I do. Done. Like yeah. genuinely believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is why um, Paul is saying that Jesus has become a stumbling block because what That's they're the doing, beauty, yes. they're looking back and saying, well, ours are, we've got all the traditions, we've got all, the laws. We've got all of this sort of stuff, and therefore I should be getting to heaven. Yes, and Why? he's making the point. He's making the point. No, no, no. Because they, the Israelites, did not seek righteousness by faith, which is what it should have been. Yes. Your father Abraham sought it by faith. Yep. But as it were, by the works of the law. Mm. You went for the works of the law and you made more laws. Yep. 
And you can't be justified by the works of the law. Yes, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone, Which as it him. was written. Yeah. Who is it? Jesus. It's Jesus who believes on him will not be put to shame. That's it. That's amazing. And it almost flows into I love how we fit. I love chapter how we, 10. I love how he finishes. <laughs> it almost flows into chapter, chapter 10. 10. Uh, uh, because the first line of chapter 10, first sentence is, Brethren, my brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Yeah. That's that's his whole thing. That's his whole He's thing. just done a beautiful argument in chapter 9 about why everything that you have been doing is not going to work anymore. Mm. And God is showing you it's not going to work. God's got an agenda. There's an agenda. The agenda is his son. His son came and did what he did. And now it's a stumbling block to you unless you believe, and I desire that you all should believe. Yeah, and, and, and I think what, what needs to be pointed out at this point, mm. um, which I think will help people, is that we want to treat um, chapters 9, 10, and 11 as one kind of whole. Obviously the chapters are there to help us, but that was obviously after the fact. Yeah. Because 9, 10, and 11... What Paul is trying to drive home is that yes, I want I'm, I'm, I would want to be accursed for my people Israel. Yeah? Yes, like we mentioned before, but here's God's plan for Israel. Perfect, and He's going Perfect. to answer that in these next few chapters. Yes, and He started that already. That's outstanding. Yeah, mate, this is uh, this is some incredible stuff that has happened today. I really hope, uh, listeners, that uh, you, on this journey today, um, for about 50 minutes actually we've been going and we stopped there for a bit to check out some scripture. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> well, we I love did. that. You will never know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, no, no, they will know that. Did you say they'll never know though. that? Oh, no, no. Yeah. We just told them. <laughs> we just edited it. Um, the time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thank you for coming on this journey. Please make sure you share this far and wide. We want as many people as possible to listen to the word and hear, hear how God's orchestrating his his people and yeah. the people on earth his for his plan, plan yeah, and yeah. purpose because he is God and he is sovereign. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Scotty. Much appreciated, mate. Love you heaps. You too, bud. And I'll see you next episode. See you guys.